Hey, hey, everybody, episode number 52. So like I told you guys, we just ended up uh, 51. I give you some feedback on a bunch of the feedback that I was getting. And uh, hopefully I answered a couple questions that some of you guys had there. Um, I, I've gotten them questions a lot, uh, such as the ones about me weaning off of the ventilator and stuff and how that process actually went. And how that, that whole process, I mean, it it wasn't a few days that was a month to month thing and it was it was quite a battle just getting me off of that ventilator so i, I did want to make sure everybody kind of knows knows how that how that went and what the steps were and it kind of what the process was there a lot of people and, and the reason i went into a little detail about trying to explain how that system works is a lot of people you think of your muscles and you think of the deterioration it's one thing when your biceps disappear and your your, your hamstrings uh, disappear and everything weakens up. Your glutes are gone. Your bony butted thing. You can't move because you're so weak. I mean, y'all think of that. Or I, I can no longer pick up pick up uh, a, a, a five-gallon bucket of water because I'm so weak, you know, and I haven't exercised that in a while. But we all think about that, and we think about that with the muscles. Oh, your your muscles are gone. You're not. You're no longer strong. We don't think of muscles and the neurological side of activating those muscles when it comes to talking about breathing. It's uh, you just think the first thing that comes to mind when somebody says breathing is okay. Your lungs don't work. <laughs> so why don't they work? Well, hopefully I I kind of explained that a little bit, but and it and it gets it gets to a, a point of sense for some people because it is something i mean it's all of this is stuff that when i was before i had to deal with this this was stuff that did not matter to me i'm i'm not gonna kid anybody that's one thing i get asked all the time like did you know this much about the human body before this happened and i did know a lot about the human body but uh um a lot of it just didn't matter it was stuff that that it wasn't anything to me you know uh the word myelon um demyelination i never heard of that stuff before didn't know what it was didn't care to know what it was but by golly it's one of the most important words in my vocabulary now and uh and and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things out there that can cause demyelinating issues with your body. So, you know, in a sense, it is kind of important to understand that system and how it works. And, and it is kind of important to know how it works based on if you start to experience certain things, you'll know, Hey, I've got a problem. Uh, this ain't right. This is not how this, this is supposed to work. This is something isn't going right here to be able to know that could be a life-saving situation with this i i one of the patients that i've been talking to uh hers her guillaume case is a very slow onsetting case we're talking about a gradual weakening that has taken four to six weeks probably to get to a point where she actually was affected enough that she thought okay maybe i need to go to the doctor same situation though didn't know what this was didn't know anything about it um and then when she went in there 
Her case was such a slow climb that she actually had, had gotten a feeling out of her providers that, that um, or she felt like her providers were kind of making the assumption that, that maybe she was just in there seeking. That's something big in the world today is, is medical treatment has been so abused by, by people in there seeking drugs and, and, and stuff to take to the streets with them that people that go in there that really do need the help and need them their medications are uh, are treated on, on a more secure level they really gotta feel a person out before they are able to just say oh yeah well let me give you something for the pain it's not like that anymore okay it's been such an abused system that now the doctors have to take so many different steps to make sure they're doing the right thing by saying hey let me give you something for the pain and, and it's sad you know but the result of that is in some cases patients end up getting mistreated uh, they get mistreated because they're in there complaining about something and, and the doctors got it in their mind well you know I seen a guy in here last week that was doing that he's sitting in jail now because the prescription that I wrote him got sold to the guy just down the road from the hospital here and now he got in trouble and blah 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 long story short I'm not going to do that again. So when somebody comes in with similar things, well, there's a little bit of... The doctors can say all they want that they're never opinionated. But, uh... And that they try to stick to... to stick to the script, the book. Um, but I, I know every one of us is guilty, and, and doctors are human. Um, so every, every one of us is guilty of when we see it, we know we believe it and we make that determination so when we see something similar next time we we make that determination early sometimes and that's the situation that some of these people deal with so in her case i think there was a little bit of that possibly going on in the beginning because it was a very slow response to finally saying okay hey let's do a spinal tap let's check your cfms and uh or your cfms <laughs> i've been in air world uh let's check your uh csf <laughs> and uh and uh sorry you guys i just totally went to air compressors <laughs> but but no let's check your let's check your levels and see where your protein's at and stuff and see what you might have going on well when they finally did that they're like hey you've got guillain syndrome going on now, I do have a hunch that there there might be a little more possibly happening there that's more of a chronic situation, which is the CIDP that we had talked about before. I don't know. I'm not the doctor. That's not my call. But it is something that, you know, one of the concerns she had was it, it didn't get very bad very fast, but she's not getting any better at all. She's just kind of on this, on this plane. And that was something that, that had also got asked to me when I was consulting with all these different patients over the weekend was if, you know, I, j I just got diagnosed a few months ago, but I'm not getting any better at all. Like I'm, I'm at home. I, I'm, I'm, I've got this and this and this still going on though. Like sometimes like my case in the very beginning, sometimes the case ends up 
where they do a round of IVIG, you get five days or whatever they end up putting you through there. You get some of that. Sometimes it's enough to kind of slow down its its progression, but it doesn't actually stop it. So technically, you're still in an active mode, and but you're you're kind of neutralized. It's just actively kind of keeping keeping itself. It's kind of like when you got your trolling motor on your boat, just sitting there on a really low low speed to keep it on but keep you sitting in one spot because the breeze might be blowing a little bit or something and you don't want to drift across the lake so kind of the same deal you know um a lot of you guys are probably thinking man i've never i don't even know what a trolling motor is <laughs> all my fishermen listeners out there you'll know exactly what i'm saying so but no it's 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 one of those things where you know, you, you you get the problem identified, you attack the problem, but you don't quite kill it, so it's still sitting there just kinda kinda twitching, you know, and still messing with you a little bit. So it's it's messing with you enough to where it's not letting you have any gains, but it's 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 shut down enough that you're not getting any worse. Okay, you you're on this plateau, which is a very common word when you're going through this this whole deal. But you have that going on, and uh, you, uh, you you're just you're in limbo. You know, you're just sitting there like, okay, now I'm getting concerned because they said they got it stopped, but I'm not getting any better. Okay, well if that all sounds familiar. <laughs> You've been listening to my story, <laughs> so they, so it's one of those things though. Sometimes, sometimes they're gonna do another round. You know, I had to do a couple rounds of IVIG um, in the beginning there. But even the IVIG wasn't completely actually effective. So we also did plasmapheresis, which is a it's it's a plasma exchange. Basically, they take the blood out of your body and they, they clean it. They get rid of all the tox, toxic pieces of it, put it back, cycle it back into your body, and then uh, donor cells to go with it. the IVIG. You know, sometimes it's it's all got to be done in order to really start making a game. But then CIDP patients, I've talked to a number of them that CIDP, it kind of just it, it's it looks like uh, it looks like the the chart for um, for your heart rate. You know, it's like up down up down up down up down and. And where where Guillaume is more of a climb, and then it plateaus, and then you just slowly get better. Okay, where the CIDP is like better hit, better hit, better hit, better hit, and it just continuously messes with you. That's why it's a it's chronic, you know. So it's it's the same deal though. But I know CIDP patients that um that they hinder in this this world of 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 uh, the in between there's they're never they they're never getting better they're not getting worse they're never getting better type of thing you know it's it's like the purgatory of neurological systems and it's it, it's it's harsh to watch because I've, I've got some friends that are CIDP patients and uh but regular treatment 
IVIG makes a huge difference. It's 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 more of a maintaining factor. It's something that oh they are just totally down done. They have been beat down. They're feeling it. Go do a round of IVIG. Usually they schedule those out every few weeks or something for them patients that have a pretty good case of that going on. And uh, over the course of the next few weeks, they just they they're getting better. They're relieved, and then you know they go through another episode so they try to schedule that stuff out to where it maintains that relief and and uh it's 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 hard to explain but the explanation is definitely there hopefully you guys kind of get what i'm saying but, but but it is it is something that if you're ever in that situation they say you know you had a six week onset of guillain syndrome and then you uh you go into the doctor, they diagnose it and stuff. You might spend a little time in the hospital, let's say a few weeks or something, and then you're you're not getting any worse and you're not on a ventilator or anything. So they're like, okay, now, you know, your case, we got it stopped. You know, it's uh, it made its way up to your waist, so your legs are extremely weak and you can't really hang on to anything. But we're going to send you home because you should start getting better and seeing some improvement. You know, do your outpatient therapy and, and get your exercise and you'll start seeing some improvements. So you go home. Okay. And uh, you had this month long onset. You were in there for two or three weeks and they, you're not getting any better, but you're not getting any, or you're not getting any better, but you're not getting any worse. You go home, you're doing your outpatient therapy, you're you're trying to get exercise, but at the same time you're groggy, you're tired, you're you're ran down. Okay, there there could be a couple things happening there. And one of them things that's happening is your body might still be fighting an active case. So if that goes on for an extended period of time, it definitely is probably in your best interest to make sure your doctor knows and see if they can't possibly do another another uh lumbar puncture to get another sample of that spinal fluid because if you're still fighting an active case then protein levels will still be a little elevated because you still got some demyelinating going on that myelin myelin at the at the roots there is gonna still be getting mixed in with your spinal fluid and those levels will be high so then they're gonna know okay hey your levels are high we're gonna do another round of IVIG, and if that doesn't work, we might do a plasma exchange just to, to help boost this and, and get you uh, moving in the right direction. Very common. I've talked to a lot, a lot of patients that have had that happen. A lot of patients that, man, I've been out of the hospital for four months and I'm not getting any better, man. What's going on with me? And come to find out, you know, they're still, they're still kind of, they never really got the problem completely stopped. So there, there is some of that that happens. And, and like I said in the last episode, some of that though is just if you took the hit in the right, in the right place and, and your body weakened that fast and that hard, it may just be a strength thing. It may just be strengthening and that takes time. Yamare's mascot is the turtle, okay, a sea turtle. Turtles are slow. <laughs> very fascinating creatures but they're not fast so that they uh gbs a lot of i've seen a lot of people they've got t-shirts and stickers and stuff that gbs stands for getting better slowly 
it's it's not a fast thing some people are fast some people aren't some people take years to get better but the the main thing is to make sure you're in a situation where you are actually getting better and and get the best get the best chances at your own success and by doing that you really got to maintain and pay attention to your body it's good good stuff never be afraid to ask questions whether it's sending me an email or reaching out to me via text message or something always ask questions always ask questions always give yourself a peace of mind you owe yourself that you're fighting a heck of a battle so you owe yourself at least enough to give yourself some kind of a peace of mind and, and something to go on you gotta have something to hang your hat on that's how it is so but let's get back into the story I, i've got you guys for almost 45 minutes there just on my feedback and, and the stuff that i wanted to get out there but i think it was important to get some of that stuff out there because i think a lot of people have those questions but let's get into my story here we're in february okay so we're talking 13 almost 14 months in the hospital here and uh i'm at this point in time where as i've said a couple times i've got this great energy i've got my happiness i'm happy in the facility i'm cruising around in my power chair i'm i'm mingling i'm i'm consulting with different patients and 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 trying to motivate them and and be a little bit of an inspiration to them if i can or help motivate them into to going to the gym and stuff i had a i had a couple of them patients doing that for me as well and uh and it was just it was a good time so one of one of the things that i was i was really feeling was i was at home you know and that's a big game changer when you're dealing with something like this is is feeling that self-comfort you know once once i accepted hey I'm in a great place with great people. My whole my whole demeanor about everything changed and it, it went to more of a positive level instead of such a negative drag down situation for myself. And it, and it really was making a difference. Cruising around in a power chair, I'm combing my own hair, I'm brushing my own teeth, I'm shaving my own face. I'm not perfect at it. <laughs> it's it's going to take some practice. But the fact that the, the point there that needs to be made is I'm doing it. I'm making them gains. I'm eating on my own a little bit, which is a huge deal. Uh, I develop an addiction to peanut butter M&Ms. So everybody starts coming in with peanut butter M&Ms. And it actually had kind of started at Christmas time. <laughs> Somebody brought me in some M&M's, peanut butter M&M's. They asked me, well, if you can have any kind of candy, you know, you do Christmas candy. Well, one of the things that was there was they got the packages of the Christmas peanut butter M&M's. They're all decorated up. They look like Christmas. Cool stuff, you know. So they brought me a package of these and it turned into a thing. So now off to the right hand side of my bed is this big bowl with filled with peanut butter M&M's. So somebody come in there and and see me or someone is like hey man toss toss me a peanut butter m&m just throw it in my mouth <laughs> you know so but they uh and and then everybody my therapist and everybody Corey, everybody that would come in to work with me and stuff or get me ready to go down to the gym or whatnot 
everybody would dip into my M&Ms. So it turned into a big deal. You know, if anybody was hungry and needed a snack, I always had candy. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just the way it was. Something else I had in my room that was just awesome was this life-size Batman on the left-hand side of my bed. I will tell you though, this, this big Batman cutout at two, three o'clock in the morning when you just kind of happen to open your eyes for a second and uh, you're, you're not really awake. You're just kind of readjusting yourself and uh, you open your eyes for that split second. The first thing you see is Batman standing next to your bed. That can be freaky. <laughs> so that is one thing, but I had this Batman thing going on. It was kind of cool. So we actually had gotten a batman mask and something that was out at the time that was kind of influencing with this too was bat dad i always thought that guy was just great awesome guy all the kids loved it it was cool you know and and uh, and i was a batman fan batman was pretty cool and uh so we ended up i had a batman mask i had the the batman get up you know and we put a cape on the back of my power wheelchair so it was pretty cool. My chair had a cape, and uh, and I would Batman around around the uh, around town. I'd Batman my way around the facility, you know. So and everybody got a kick out of it, you know. So it was it was uplifting for everybody. I got some good laughs and stuff, and it was uh, it was cool. So it was it was a way to have a little bit of fun. We had to make the best out of this whole situation. So having a little bit of fun and Batmaning around uh, is if that's what was getting getting that fun and that kind of response, by golly, that's what we were doing. So so we had a lot of fun with that. We we did have a lot of fun with that. And uh, but we we had all kinds of stuff going on. One one of the things that ended up on the back of my chair was uh, one of the nurses had hung a sign on the back of my chair that's. Uh, this that song uh um oh uh rolling white and dirty uh yeah something but anyways there was a sign on the back of my chair that said it, they changed the words and it said uh you'll see me rolling white and nerdy <laughs> and i just we had a lot of fun this whole group of people was just so much fun it was it was it was what i needed it was everything i needed to to save my life was the environment provided to me at elkhorn valley rehab all the different elements that that are involved with happiness and and motivation for success came in that building and and that's uh, that meant a lot to me. I was I was at a point here where I was starting to make some big big gains, and it was something that I went to bed and in, in, in the back of my head every night was I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm very very thankful that I'm here. And that was my that was my regular closing of the eyes thought every day was I was with great people. I, I wish I could sit down and just list off every name to everybody in there. I, I've became good friends with a lot of the people that work there. And uh, and some of them people no longer work there. Maggie that I was talking about, that uh, the Nelly fan, 
that when I make my movie, I'm going to have Nellie play her. <laughs> they, she actually got married, ran away down south. We never seen her again. <laughs> she's she's doing good though. I keep track of her on Facebook a little bit, but but no, everybody was just great. This facility was was great. And stepping into my next gains, as I was saying before, we had Gabby, and Gabby was this student, and I remember <laughs> I used to like watching Gabby work because she was she was pretty entertaining i remember one time she was staying at a house through her clinical she was staying at a house just kind of out of town i believe but they they had some some stuff going on out there and one of the things that she had i remember she showed up late one day not very late but a little late she comes stomping in there and she's like man i had trouble with the gate and couldn't get the gate closed or something and it was storming the wind was blowing 100 miles an hour it was snowing like crazy and uh we had some pretty good snowstorms there in casper wyoming if anybody knows anything about casper the wind's always blowing so if i say hey the wind was blowing that's that's a normal day in casper so but no she was she was having trouble and she comes storming in there like uh and, but she was all motivated to go to work she comes in there takes her coat off hangs it up stomps around for a minute grabs her list of stuff to do and she's out in the gym and we're working on stuff in the gym and and uh just a really cool person to be around she had a she had a good uh a good a good personality for this type of job and that's something that i that i always tried to tell her was how much it meant to me that she was she was putting things in certain ways that i understood things and and she was always willing to try different things to help me make better gains and stuff and amanda's uh, kind of supervising all this and then the two of them together just made such an awesome team and uh we got to this point one day i'd gotten my afos and uh they weren't really fitting right and stuff but we were trying to do some workouts with them we're with with and without them so as i could tolerate them they weren't they they'd be on my feet but most of the time they, they were hurting or something they just weren't weren't all they needed to be i was having a little trouble we'll put it that way but we were trying this exercise and we had my ankles wrapped up really good with these wraps and then we had some tennis shoes on and we were sitting there and it was myself amanda and gabby and then one of the, one of the techs was there as well and we're all in the parallel bars and something that we had been working on was trying to help me go from sitting in that chair to going up onto my feet a little bit even though i couldn't control my feet we wanted we wanted me to get that strength to be able to stand myself up and and get myself up into a standing position okay one of the things that we've been using quite a bit with me was a standing frame which was this frame that you would get into and it and it would stand you up and it would get you in an upright standing position and it would just hold you there the thing was a it's exactly what it's called a frame and it would hold you there so it gets your body re reorganized with itself to to know that feeling and and to make that that adjustment with itself so you can move on to eventually being able to stand and i do that standing frame for like half an hour at a time and I had been doing that a little bit and I, and I 
apologize for not bringing that up. That's something that I actually forgot about was that standing frame. But it, but it was a really good tool. It was a good tool to get that feeling back. So we get to the point there where we wheel my chair into the uh, parallel bars and uh, we're standing there or sitting there and they're like, okay, you know, Gabby gets behind me, grabs a hold of my gate belt so she can help kind of give me that boost up and kind of lift me up into that position. We got my hands on the other two. They're one of them's in front of them. They're in front of me helping stabilize my legs and stuff to keep them from going all crazy when we get into this position we're gonna go up into this position so we get up and at one two three gabby goes to lift i go to kind of help push myself the best i could we get all the way up into a stand and i'm standing there i'm standing in the parallel bars i'm not sitting in my wheelchair i am standing there and it is an amazing feeling it's a huge huge boost for me and i and i'm smiling i'm laughing about this i'm like having a good time with this and uh and i remember amanda asking me how it felt you know how does that feel and i was like that's great you know so we sit down we sit me back down and we're like okay you think you got another one in you and we go to boost again and we get up there and i'm standing again and they're stabilizing my legs and holding my hands in place gabby's got me kind of stabilized and just joking around, the next thing I said was, okay, well, on the count of three, we're going to take a step. <laughs> you know, and I was like, we're going to take a step. That's going to be the next move. And uh, I'm standing there, and the light bulbs and everything come on, and, and Amanda's like, you know what? Let's try something. And she calls well, all, a bunch of the other therapists to come help. We're going to try something big in the next episode, you guys, because we're all out of time. So... We'll, uh, we will talk to you in the next one. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.